You may not realize it, but you are living a story, a story of your own creation, a story that you tell yourself in order to make sense of your life, a story that takes in all of the various parts of your experience and pulls it together into some unified meaning. It's the story you tell yourself. And and we're all living a story. We just get to choose what story that is. Psychologist Dan McAdams calls this our narrative identity. It's the work of our subconscious to string together and interpret the memories of our past into some unifying explanation of why we are the way we are and the values that we hold. If you were to ask me why I'm a minister, I'll tell you a story about how I felt called by God on Pasigro Beach 25 years ago. If you were to ask me why loyalty is an important value to me, I'll tell you a story about watching my father come home from work every day from the same company he worked for for over 40 years. Ask me about various aspects of my personality, and I probably have a story to tell you. And you do too. Stitching together the story of our life is what we do. It's what helps us make sense of our highs and our lows, our celebrations and our conflicts, all all of the complex, complicated experiences of our lives into some kind of unified story that gives us meaning. But here's something important to know. Sometimes when we want healing and wholeness in our lives, we can actually create new stories that reinterpret our experiences and rethink who we are. When Paul was writing to the church in Ephesus, he was encountering a community that needed healing. They were torn apart by bitter divisions fought over culture wars between Jews and Gentiles. There were Christians on the one hand who believed that following Jesus meant observing Jewish laws. And then there were Gentile Christians who believed that those things were not as important. This was a community that was living by a single story that reinforced the idea that they were too different to get along. And whether they realized it or not, they needed a new story to live by. That same psychologist, Dan McAdams, has said that there are two kinds of stories that we tell ourselves, one healthy, the other unhealthy each with very different results. Our stories are either redemptive, he said, or they contaminate. The stories we tell ourselves either bring us wholeness and health and balance, or they lead us to self-destructive behaviors and harm to others. People who create redemptive stories about themselves speak about moments when their lives transitioned from bad to good. For example, A man grows up in dire poverty, but he tells himself that the story of these hard circumstances actually brought him and his family closer together, bad to good. A woman, for example, caring for a close friend, close to death, describes the pain and heartache, but concludes the story with how this episode ultimately renewed her commitment to being a nurse, bad to good. These are stories that redeem the conflict in our past and move us towards something better, something healthier and more fulfilling. But then there are those stories that we tell ourselves that have the exact opposite effect, the ones that contaminate our spirit, the ones that speak about moments when life goes from good to bad. A couple who describes their marriage as one that started with joy 
But now as they look back at their years, all they seem to remember is the brokenness and the betrayal. The the teenager who is part of a warm, supportive family, but continues to believe a story about how she doesn't measure up and doesn't fit in and isn't good enough. It is possible, according to Dan McAdams, to rework your story, to learn to tell a different kind of narrative that doesn't contaminate your spirit, but offers you redemption. And that's what Paul decides to do with the church in Ephesus, right at the beginning of his letter in chapter 1. He tells them a story. It's a story about God and humanity. He says, there once was a time when humanity was far apart from God in in a broken relationship, but then God sent Jesus, who welcomed us into a new relationship in which all of the old barriers that separated us from God were torn down, and we had a new relationship with God. Paul basically took the old contamination story that the Ephesians were telling themselves that separated them into warring camps, and he replaced it with a redemption story. Literally, a redemption story in which God took something bad and turned it into something good. And Paul poses a question to those Ephesians. Which story will you live into now? Which story will you step into? He says in Ephesians chapter 1, I pray that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe? In other words, Paul says to them, look, folks, choose to live by the redemption story and let that define who you are. But Paul goes one step further. In today's scripture reading, in chapter 3, he tells them one more thing. He says, if you want to make this story your own, you've got to offer yourself fully to God for the work of the church. You have to step into this story to make it your own. Researchers Adam Grant and Jane Dutton published a fascinating study eight years ago about what motivates people to give of themselves. They went to a nearby university and visited the development department in order to interview those in that office whose job it was to make fundraising calls on behalf of the university. They divided the fundraising callers into two groups. In the first group, they asked those people to write down a story about the last time that a colleague had done something nice for them, which made them grateful. They were called the beneficiary group, the one who received something good from others. The second group was asked to write down a story of a time when they contributed to the work of a colleague and made their performance better. They were named the benefactor group, the ones who gave of themselves for the benefit of others. The researchers wanted to know if there was a difference in the way these two groups of fundraisers did their work of making solicitation calls to alumni, the ones who remembered themselves as gift receivers or gift givers. And the results were clear and compelling. The benefactor group made 30% more calls than the other group 
the group that remembered the story of how they had the capacity to improve the life of someone else felt more motivated to advance the mission of the university for the benefit of the common good. These Ephesians needed to remember that they each had a role to play. They each had the capacity to create a new narrative for this community of faith. And that's what chapter three of Ephesians is all about. They were one body and one spirit, called to the one hope of their calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And then Paul says, each of you are called in unique ways to step into this new story. Some of you, he says, are apostles. Some of you are prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some laity, some volunteers, some committee members, some, some new in the faith, stretching their faith, some longtime members who are discipling others. Each of you, he says, has a role to play to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Paul is telling the Ephesians a new story of who they are. They are each benefactors. They are givers. They are called and equipped to serve out of their spiritual gifts. And if they choose to live by that story, a story of redemption, not contamination, they will rise above their differences and make an incredible impact on the world. And that, friends, is the same story that Paul is telling the people of Hyde Park United Methodist today. So, Hyde Park, I want to tell you a story about who you are. I want to tell you a story about God and all that God has done through this church over this past year as a reminder of what God can do through us. It's a story about the year 2020 that despite being filled with such hardship is a remarkable redemption story, which you can read about on our website. Since the start of this pandemic, Nearly 70 people have joined this church, our highest total in recent years. This includes five individuals and families who have joined us only after discovering our online worship service. That service now reaches people on six different continents. We have 890 people involved in some form of discipleship or serving ministry at this church, including almost 40 adult small groups reading the Bible every day as part of our Bible Project 2020. That podcast has been downloaded over 135,000 times this year by 2,700 individual users around the country. Our sermon podcast listenership is up 127% from last year and was recently ranked among the top 50 United Methodist podcasts in the country. Our Sounds of the City contemporary concert series has been viewed online over 15,000 times. We've served 42,000 meals through various ministries of the church, made 2,200 calls checking in on members of our congregation, welcomed 179 children and families to our Halloween trunk or treat event, 40 youth in our Great Pumpkin Chase scavenger hunt, and church members made 3,500 masks for local health care providers. All of this on strong, stable financial ground because of the generosity of this congregation. How's that for a story? Might even make you want to type amen to that, huh? And so, the only question left to ask you is this. Will you step into this story?
Today is our Commitment Sunday, which is the one season of the year that we most plainly and directly ask you to fill out an estimate of giving card for 2021. It is not just to support the ministries of the church and and meet its budgetary needs. It is much more about growing in your faith and making the story of God's unfolding work in the world your own story. We invite you today to go to hydeparkumc.org slash give to simply and privately fill out the amount you aim to give next year, knowing that this is just an estimate of your giving, which you are at liberty to adjust as circumstances arise. It's a step of faith, and it represents your effort to be a main character in the amazing story that God is continuing to write through this church. We all tell ourselves stories to make sense of our lives. These stories pull together conflicting parts of our experience into some unified whole. The question we face is whether the story we choose to step into is one that will produce wholeness, beauty, and goodness, and be redemptive, or one that will contaminate and lead to further chaos and harm in the world. It's the choice we each make today as part of this church, a church that God has already richly blessed with amazing ministry, amazing people, and incredible generosity. Let's be part of that story. Let's pray. God, thank you for giving us a new story to shape our lives, one of redemption and unity and purpose. Thanks for giving us that story in Jesus who draws us into a new relationship with you and a renewed relationship with each other. I pray for each of us as we step into that story through our gifts of financial generosity and the commitment of our hearts. Thank you, God, for all you have done through this church and all you will do through us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.